right. So today on the podcast, uh, it's a it's a really cool one. Y'all, y'all know I don't do a lot of interviews. Um, so today, not only am I doing an interview, but I'm getting to do an interview with my buddy Yash, who is in Bombay, India right now. Nice to speak with you, James. Uh, I hope you're doing well. I hope you know you're keeping up with the code. You know, I don't know whether any of your family members have incurred any damage. I mean, owing to the COVID-19 situation, but I hope all of you are well and safe. And, you know, I hope things are good back in Texas there. I hope everything is okay. You know, I've had a few friends that have got it. um, And they said it was a hellish experience. But overall, I've been super just blessed with the whole pandemic thing. It, it, it hasn't impacted my life personally the way it has a lot of people. Um, what's it been like over there? Is it, is it, are y'all still quarantined? Yes, actually we're still in the final phase of the lockdown. And, you know, as our areas are, are under, fall under red zones, you know, there are a lot of restrictions still in place. You know, it's not as, I mean, we can't move as easily as we can in other states of the country or for other countries. I mean, what's observed in other countries for that matter, we still have a lot of restrictions. I mean, although it's not as bad as it was initially, but we still have a lot of restrictions because, uh, by the way, uh, if you're not familiar with the term, the uh, red zone is a zone where there's high density of COVID-19 positive cases. So our city happens to be in a red zone. So... Because of that, we do have some restrictions still in place. Are people respecting those restrictions or do they, are people still just going out and doing what they want? Uh, actually, the thing is that people are respecting, but more than respecting, they're kind of fearing the virus. And because of the fear, they're becoming neurotic. I won't say they're respecting, they're actually becoming neurotic in a lot of cases. So uh, I wouldn't necessarily call that respect. I would call that fearing, you know, yeah, fearing the virus, they're fearing the illness. That kind of seems like we, we kind of have a weird dichotomy over here of people who really fear the virus and are not going anywhere. And then we have this other group of people who, I mean, they, they, they showed a picture this weekend of like 50 people in a pool just hanging out together. So I'm, I'm, uh, it's interesting to see how it's manifested differently in different parts of the world. So you are in, you're in Bombay, right? So where in India is Bombay? Um, is it a big city? Tell us about it. So actually, uh, Bombay is the, I would say it's the largest city in terms of the commercial wealth it produces. And it's called the commercial capital of the country. Oh, wow. And to be very precise, I'm not in Bombay. I'm in New Bombay, which is the sister city of Bombay. Okay. And it's, it's been in existence only for 40 or 45 years. But in the in this short span of time, at par with Bombay in a lot of regards, and the the major advantage we uh, we have over here is that it's very planned. It, uh, we don't have the same pollution levels which Bombay has. It's not as congested. It's very systematic. So that's the advantage we have. And because it's a new city, uh, we have fewer issues. You know, which which we find in older Bombay, we don't have those kind of issues. I mean, the congestion issues, the Lack of a systematic approach when they are planning, you know, the housing and stuff. We don't have those kind of issues. We fortunately we are blessed with the uh, with one of the best environments for a metropolitan city in the country, and uh, we have a very t- systematic, smart township over here. I mean, the roads are planned and all of that. So in oh, that regard, cool. it's a, it's quite a good city. So so what is what is your city called? New Bombay or Navi Mumbai. It's called New Bombay. New Bombay. Okay, and how many people are yes. in your city? So the thing is that in my city, I guess there are 
around 10 million people. Oh my God. Ten, okay. you know, yes, 10 million, 10 or 9 million people. How many people are in Bombay? In Bombay, I guess it's 40 million, 40 million, 40, 15 million. Four, zero million? Yes, yes, yes. Oh my God. That's massive. That's as much as, that's as much as the population of Australia from I, what I remember. I think that's more than the population of Texas. I think Texas has like 33 million. I got to look that up. Um, if I'm wrong, Texans don't be yelling at me. That's a massive city. How far from Bombay are you? Uh, it's just, I'm just 10 kilometers or so, nine or 10 kilometers. So this is, so there's, there's 70 million people in this one area. In a pretty close. Not, I wouldn't say seventy. I guess fifty or sixty million. I guess wow. that would be the number. Okay, that's uh. I don't know what our largest city is. I assume it's New York, and I think New York has like thirteen million or something. You know, we have like the Dallas Fort Worth area, which you and I have talked about. Yeah, you know, now I gotta start looking populations up after this. Now I'm curious. So, 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 so the reason we got to talking and the reason we decided to do this this episode together is because you've written a book. And it's, um, it's a topic that I think is super fascinating and I think needed to be addressed because as I've shared with you, you know, in coaching and working with people individually, a majority of the young men I work with now are gamers. You know, video games play a central role in their life and how I've, I've worked with people to kind of like try to like operationalize their gaming habits mm -hmm. and you've written the book on it. So tell me what, first of all, what's the title of your book? Okay, so the title of my book is Gamer's Habit. How level ups, boss battles, and addictive gameplay help you win big at life. Nice. So the thing is, with this book, I plan to merge personal development and gameplay because I feel it would be quite an innovative approach. And a lot of people, especially a lot of youngsters, particularly males my age, would really resonate with the theme of the book because... Uh, what I notice is that not all young folks are inclined towards personal development, you know, right. they find it to be very preachy and, you know, they find it to be very boring and they'd rather play a game like PUBG or, you know, they'll rather play some video games on the computer than actually read a book. So I thought, why not merge what they really resonate with in uh, into personal development and, you know, while I merge personal development and gameplay... I can come up with something which can provide them some direction in life because a lot of these people I've seen, a lot of youngsters, they it's not that they are inherently lazy, but they have not quite discovered what their purpose is in life. Right. And what I've done in the, in the book is that towards the end of each chapter, I've provided them journaling questions on based on their past experiences, their current experiences, and how they felt along the way. So towards the end of each chapter, they'll have some more perspective, some more clarity onto how, uh, I mean, what exactly they are as a, who, who they are as a person and, and, you know, what their inherent talents, abilities are, what they are naturally inclined towards. And towards the end of the book, they'll have a very good idea of where they should be heading in life. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that, you know, I'm not promising that they'll have a crystal clear picture or crystal clear vision of where they want to end up. But at least they'll have some good direction, some a sense of direction after reading the book. So that's my objective behind writing this book. So that, that sounds awesome. That, that, that sounds like a book that's very much needed in a day and age where video games are, I think for most young men especially, they are the primary um, media that they interact with. I think a lot of our stories, a lot of our heroes... A lot of our own self-identity these days comes from video games. 
So what does a gamer learn from reading your book? Yes. So the thing is that, you know, I provided a lot of analogies in the book. You know, I've not intended it. I've not intended the main content, the chapters to be very preachy. I just provided analogies, you know, which not just gamers, but people who have even observed gamers playing the video games, even they might have observed it. So even they can relate to the analogies because I provided analogies. I mean, what one experiences while playing the video games. So there, for example, there's a chapter called, are you getting in the zone? There's a sub chapter called, are you getting in the zone? So is when a gamer gets into the zone, he so shows a relentless, uh, relentless passion for the game, for the mission he's accomplishing. And the focus he has is monomaniacal, you know, he just doesn't rest until he has accomplished the mission. And I found it fascinating that uh, we can use this analogy in our day-to-day lives as well because we are we are a distra- we live in a distracted world. It's no you know it's no surprise that you know we have a hard time focusing on our careers, on our ambitions, our our passions. But what I've observed is that while people play those video games, that focus it comes spontaneously. So that's another that's one chapter you know the chapter of concentration in which I talk about this in more detail. And as I said, when gamers get in the zone, they don't deter from their mission until they've accomplished it. So similarly, I've provided a lot of analogies, which not just gamers, but anyone can relate to who knows a thing or two about video games. And, you know, towards the end of the chapters, the journaling questions I provide, they they ask questions related to the past experiences of the person, of the reader, even the current experiences and how they felt along the way. So the thing is, while I ask these introspective questions towards the end of each chapter, people get more clarity onto what are exactly the issues they are facing, what kind of skill sets they, they might be inherently having, and you know how they can somehow use it in their day-to-day lives. So chapter by chapter, there are seven chapters, by the way, I cover seven habits of gamers. So chapter by chapter, I dive deeper into those habits and by the end of the last chapter my mission my objective is to give them a really crystal clear picture of who who they are as a person and give them as much clarity as possible you know when it comes to their life life vision and when it comes to giving them a sense of direction a sense of purpose so that's the entire objective you know so are you a gamer yourself uh, so the thing is that, uh, okay, one experience which I'd like to share with you is that the reason, you know, what inspired me to write the book was I experienced, I used to experience a lot of breakdowns because I was very obsessed with consuming personal development information because, you know, I'm a really po- a big personal development junkie and, you know, I consume, so I used to consume a lot of bro- books, you know, whether it's Think and Grow Rich or... Uh, uh, how to win friends and influence people. You know, all these self-development all the classics. classics. I used to consume all of that. And, you know, uh, see, I'm not dissing those books and I do acknowledge whatever they have brought to the table How in terms of how they've inspired people, you know, including me, how they've inspired people, how they've motivated them, how they've given them a sense of direction. But, you know, it got, it got to a point where I was really overwhelmed by the information. And, you know, I was just questioning each move of mine, what many might term as paralysis by analysis, because I was mm-hmm. questioning each move of mine, you know, whether I'm doing this right or whether I'm doing this wrong, you know, 
whether I should be doing this, whether I should, whether I've done this in a correct manner, in the appropriate manner. So you know, I I suffer from consecutive breakdowns as a result because I consume too much of this information. Yeah, you know, it got to a, a toxic proportions. I could say that because I was just too obsessed with their advice, their philosophy, and stuff. So the thing is that amidst such one such breakdown, I happened to stumble upon an old Nintendo DS of mine, in which I used to play Pokemon games. So while so that took me back to the days where I used to play those games, and you know it evoked some nostalgia within me. So I re- recollected me playing those games, and you know I was very engrossed in the missions in the Pokemon missions, even while I was battling the trainers. I don't know whether you've played Pokemon or not, but there was a battle tower over there that had a hundred or so floors, maybe more than that. Okay. So after after uh, defeating one trainer, you elevate, uh, you ascend to another floor. So after you reach a certain threshold, after twenty or so floors, the battles get really intense and really hard. You know, it, it's almost as if the video or the game is conspiring against you. I mean. Even yeah. prob- certain moves which hit based on pro- probability, you know, there's an accuracy, uh, there's, an, uh, there's a stat called accuracy in Pokemon. So based on how accurate your moves are, it will, uh, the move can either hit you or it won't hit you. Because, and uh, the thing is that, you know, even such, you know, even such factors which weren't within the grasp of our control, even such factors manipulated by the video game. So yeah, you understand chance. me? I mean, yeah, it's like the entire game conspires yeah. against you. I mean, the variables yeah. are all against you. Even the probability, everything is against you. Right. Okay, so you had this experience playing Pokemon where it just gets harder and harder yeah. and harder. And, and, you, and that's what games mm-hmm. do. I mean, they, 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 they keep ratcheting up the difficulty keep us engaged what did you uh, so learn from that what did you th- learn about yourself yeah so the thing is what i've learned from that is uh that you know while i was playing those games i was getting more excited you know i was getting more enthusiastic as i ascended up upwards right. contrary to what i mean re- i was doing in real life you know while i was facing a challenge which was you know currently bigger than i am right now I was backing away. I was getting afraid. There you go. So that took me back to where I was keen on taking on bigger challenges. You know, it was spontaneous to me. And the kind of focus I had, you know, you won't believe it. Even while I was ill, I used to play like for like 12 or 13 hours. Now I'm not advocating for that kind of gameplay, but still it was fascinating for me that I was so relentless in my pursuit. And the same same uh, determination I lacked in my real life. I needed extrinsic motivation in the form of, you know, books or any other material to keep going on. Right. So it just got me thinking that you know maybe there's something to video games. Maybe there's something to the gameplay which evokes uh, something within us which is intrinsic. You know, the intrinsic motivation which is right. present in all human beings. I believe it's present in all human beings. It's just that you know it's not as apparent because we are constantly drowning in a lot of external externalities because we are constantly obsessed with what others say, what others have to say about the world and what, what's possible and what not. So, you know, you have all these kind of impositions, which I guess, which fades away that inner voice, which actually kind of knows how, how to maintain that, that resilient spirit, right. how to maintain all the focus, concentration, determination, productivity in the world. It inherently knows that, but I feel amidst all the impositions of the world and all the restrictions of the societal 
uh, labels which have been enforced upon us, it somewhere along the line gets drowned. And, you know, that just inspired me to make uh, that, you know, maybe I should write a book on that. Maybe I should write a book on how video games have this, have this quality of evoking that intrinsic motivation within us. Right. So that's how the idea of the book was originally conceived. And that basically that was a year back. And actually, I don't know, uh, I don't know whether you're a writer or not, but, you know, writers have this kind of mental block. They want everything to be perfect. And, you know, right. even when they, when they publish their first book, they want everything to be in order. So you know, if for one year or so, I was waiting for the right moment. But uh, when the right moment supposedly came, the COVID-19 outbreak suddenly came out of nowhere. And I had the option to back down, but then I thought that, you know, the time would never be perfect and I should go ahead with whatever resources I have available. So in spite of all obstacles, I decided to go ahead with the publishing of the book. And here we are. I mean, within a few weeks, I'm going to be publishing the book. So that's my entire story. So, so the book is coming out in just a few weeks. So why yes. you said there's you said there's seven seven chapters. Is that did I hear you yes. right? Okay, so what what are the seven yes. what are the seven chapters? What are what can people look for in the book? Okay, so as I previously said, one chapter is based on concentration. Uh, you know how gamers are very con- focused on their gameplay, on achieving their issues, and you know how people can apply this in their daily lives as well. Right. So another chapter is based on resilience. You know how Gamers don't view the game overs, you know, at the end of each fail mission, there's a game over that there pops you go. up. Yeah. They don't view it as deterrent, although it might be slightly disheartening for them. They view it as a, you know, kind of a feedback mechanism, which tells them on which skill they, they need to be improving upon, which, you know, which facets they need to spend, or uh, they need to spend more time on. And, you know, accordingly, they bounce back stronger. So there's also a ch- sub-chapter called gamers bounce back stronger so on that i provide more analogies on how you know after the game over because they use the feedback they inculcate it inculcate it into their being and they come up with better gameplay and they come up as uh, they come back as a better gamer as a more skilled advanced gamer and you know this cycle keeps repeating itself and there's no end to it and the thing is that the gamers aren't even seeking an end to it because they aren't very obsessed with the end mission. You know, they are obsessed with accomplishing the missions, but they're not attached to the outcome specifically. They are more right. obsessed with the process of gaming and elevating further. They're playing that's another play. yet another thing yeah. which I cover in my book. That's you know, that's something I talk to people a lot, like when I'm teaching meditation, um, is trying to help people understand that that the, it's everything's not about the end. Everything's not about where you wind up. Sometimes like the process and the goal are one and the same. And when we're playing a game and we're just having a good time, you know, I told you I've been playing Breath of the Wild. And like, like on that game, like I'm perfectly content just running around, like looking for stuff, like climbing up walls and flying around in my little kite and stuff. You know, that's that like when we can live our life in that way, life is easier. When we can live our life in that way, the things that go wrong are not necessarily setbacks. They're not necessarily bad things. They're just simply, oh, this is the mm-hmm. next challenge to get around. And then with meditation, I find that's very useful too because you know a lot of times with meditation, people are so goal oriented. You know, they like so. How long should I sit? And what am I going to feel like at the end? And it's like that's not what it's about. It's about sitting here and being with things exactly as they are, and that requires a lot of resilience. 
because we have to go, you know, we have to, we kind of have to re-up our power over and over and over. So that's huge, man. That's huge. So um, what else, what are the other chapters? Oh, yeah. So one of the other chapters is that uh, the gamers, they keep, uh, you know, they keep upgrading their avatars. Oh, nice. So the thing is that even in our even in our real lives, you know, according to the demands of the situation, the circumstances, we have to adapt, we have to evolve. And, you know, we have that inherent ability within all of us, within all, each living organism to be uh, more specific. You know, we have the ability to evolve and adapt. In fact, that's what we are meant for. Right. If we don't evolve, we, life ceases to exist, actually. Right. But the thing is that we have in, I don't know, I don't know how it all came about, but in modern existence, we have uh, somehow made ourselves complacent with, you know, staying stagnant. And I feel that's the root cause of a lot of issues which is experienced by the society. So the thing is that uh, in terms of video games, gamers need to constantly upgrade their avatars, their skill sets. You know, they need to acquire power boosts. Some avatars have hidden abilities, some particular skill set which helps them is a particular level. So the thing is that gamers keep upgrading their avatars and they're not attached to their previous avatars at the same time. Right. So in our daily lives, a lot of us, the reason we are not able to evolve is because we are too attached to who we have been all along. Right. So I also provide with the uh, leveling up thing uh, along with changing our avatars example. I also provide examples on how, you know, we should just be... Uh, we should just go with the flow and, you know, not be too attached to our previous avatars. And, you know, each level of our life demands new, new avatars, new skill sets, new personalities, new character changes. So right. the same way we should be in that fluidic motion, you know, we shouldn't be too attached to our previous selves and we should keep upgrading our avatars. So at the end of that chapter itself, I provide them some questions, introspective questions. Onto how I mean, I asked them about their past experiences and you know where they have gone wrong in the past. What or what personality traits of the past are still keeping them stuck? You and go. you know what changes would like in their real life avatar, which you know the I'm I asked them uh, what their real life avatar would look like. You know the superhero which could you know sort everything out in the current uh, present scenario and what changes what personality changes would that avatar really have right. and so i just provide such questions and you know towards the end of the last question of the chapter they would have a crystal clear picture of the kind of person they need to be currently to face the obstacles which they are currently encountering build upon that you know you're, i hope you're getting me so i yeah habit habit i just provide them more bits and pieces of you know how they can relate these experiences into what they face in their real life and I provide more clarity on the kind of person they need to become and what skills they inherently have and maybe it's you know as I said earlier it's maybe it's buried under all the societal conditioning all the impositions and stuff so I just uh, hope to bring that to the surface well it, it sounds like I mean just the overall gist of it is that you're encouraging people to be as intentional in their day-to-day -day lives as they are on video games. You know, cause we are, you know, in video games, we, yes. uh, you know, we, we, we don't try to hang on to old things. You find a better sword, you ditch your old sword and you take the new one. 
Um, yes. you know, you, you go to, you know, you can go to, you can go change your hair, you can go change your face, you can go change whatever on these games. And the yes. thing is like in real life, we have a lot more, um, we have a lot more power and choice than we think we do. And it sounds like, like you're really pointing people towards that. And that's really, really cool. You know, I think that, I think it's going to be, I think it's an important book as well. And so since, since we're kind mm-hmm. of bumping up against, we're kind of bumping up against the end of the, of this episode. Um, and I think you and I are going to be talking about this again in the future. Uh, you know, I think once your book launches mm-hmm. and stuff like that, I want to keep, I want to keep up with you and find out how it's going. So one thing I want to make sure of before, before we do wrap this up, where can people find you online? So you can find me on Instagram. My page is called The Coded Quill. I keep posting motivational quotes over there and more updates regarding my book, the launch of my book, everything. So I'm really active on Instagram. You can find me over there. And apart from that, you can check out my website. It's called www.thecodedquill.com. So you can check out my website. And I have a page, page which specifically mentions the book and how or uh, the different facets it covers. You know, I have a specific web page on that website dedicated to that. So the Instagram, the website, um, are both the quoted quill. And I'm gonna I'm gonna put these in the show notes. I'll I'll make sure that there's links to this in the show notes. And then I'll make sure to put his email in there. And then once again, tell us the title of the book and when you when it's coming out again. Okay, so the title of the book is Gamers Habits, How Level Ups boss battles and addictive gameplay help you win big at life nice so that the ti- so the, i you know i the title is as well i've merged gameplay and personal development because a lot of personal development books have that you know that subtitle that lengthy subtitle so that's what i plan to do this the title of the book as well because it's a personal development book at the end of the day i mean although it covers gameplay it's a personal development book cool. and it is going to be coming out on amazon uh, I guess around June 10th or 11th. I'm not sure. I'm not very specific about the date because a few days here and there it can dip, you know, it can differ. Right. But more or less around that range, you know, June 11th, 12th, around that date range. Gotcha. And I think that, you know, I'll make sure to, you know, when that comes out for anybody listening, I'll, I'll be sure to post it on Instagram. We'll post links to it to get people over to your book. Yes, so once again, this is me talking to my buddy Yash in New Bombay, not Bombay, New nice. Bombay. Nice and he is, uh, he's got a book coming out that's going to, that, that helps people understand how the things that you can learn through game playing, through being a gamer, despite all the, there's negative stuff about it coming out. He points out that there's actually a lot of strengths and really good aspects of character and self-development inherent in video games. And that book's coming out uh, here in just a couple weeks, so I'd encourage you to check it out. Yash, I appreciate the conversation. Um, we'll be having more. We'll be having more conversations on here. Yes, sure, sure. All right. Thanks, Nice man. talking to you. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye.